You're listening to On Air Asia. And on, on Gilly Air, for example, I, I met a girl who works in a dive shop as a social media marketing manager. And wow, she, what a job. She did an intern where they it's a six-month program and you don't pay anything for it. Yeah. So you work and because you work for them, you get like the, the education yeah, the knowledge. Yeah, training. So she did one month training in Bali as a digital for digital social media marketing and digital marketing. And then she was sent five months to a dive shop and they also paid for all the diving courses. Right. And now she is dive master instructor and wow. does social media marketing and lives on Gilly Air pretty. Welcome to On Air Asia. We're heading to the tropical island of Bali with its low cost of living and access to a good lifestyle and like-minded people. It attracts its fair share of what is known as the digital nomads. But who are these people? Where do they come from? And what is their lifestyle like? Sit tight because the next 40 minutes we're going to find out all about the digital nomads. They're building their businesses online, living in Bali, getting their products made in China and selling to America. That's just one of the options of the location independent entrepreneur. But what is life actually like in Bali building a business online? We're going to talk to four digital nomads. Some of them are here for just a matter of weeks. Some of them are here for a lifetime. But let's find out more about those lives living the dream. We're talking to Martin from Germany first in the co-working space Hubud in Ubud in the center of Bali, then heading down southeast to meet three digital nomads from different parts of the world with very different backstories. So let's find out what it's like living the dream. Enjoy. Hey, good morning, folks. This is Graham Brown. We are in the middle of a rice field in Bali in Ubud on the hunt to find the elusive digital nomads, the lifestyle entrepreneurs, the location independent entrepreneurs, whatever they call themselves, the hustlers who are living the dream or trying to live the dream on this beautiful island from different parts of the world they come for different reasons. So it's now seven in the morning, sunrise in Bali, just over the volcano there. And we're enjoying a coffee with Martin from Germany. Good morning. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's good to see you. And we just saw you rock in sort of nice and early at about 6.40. So let's put it out there. Digital nomad life or life on Bali is not about getting up at 11 in the morning and just lazing on the beach. You're here working already. I try to, huh? Yeah, you tried to. You yeah. look like you're doing it, right? So let's talk a little bit about you. How, how would you describe yourself? Because we had a little chat. You said that you were selling stuff on Amazon. You know, you have an online business. Are you an entrepreneur? Would you describe yourself as an entrepreneur? I would describe myself of becoming an entrepreneur. Okay. I'm still in the process of setting everything up. Right. So before this, what were you doing? Before you came to Bali? I lived, usually I'm from Germany, and I lived in Australia for two and a half years. Yeah. And the plan was to go there for work and travel. But then I realized the opportunity of making good money in Australia, probably with the best money on farms and constructions. So I thought that's a really good opportunity to save up a lot and skip the traveling a little bit mm. and focus more on working. 
So you did a couple of years of manual construction work. The Malaysian, yeah. Yeah, in in Australia. In Australia. Which in, part? Um, in Perth and in Sydney. Yeah. And I did a lot of farm work for four months during right. my second year. Doing what? A different kind of farm jobs. The one with like big grain piles that yeah. was 50 to 100 meters long and maybe 10 meters high. So you climb over it and then you have this big plastic wall rolling over it and six people pulling it. And then like at the end, you cover this entire stack. Right. And you start at 4 a.m. in the morning and sometimes we finish at 8 a.m. In, in the night. And right, like right. Seven days, weeks. But it was good money. And You didn't need to go to a gym then, right? No. That was saved no gym. No, gym no. membership. That was your gym. No. So you were two years in Australia, then you came to Bali. What made you come? At what point did you say that made sense? I always had the dream somehow to come to Bali, probably because of I heard it somewhere, the digital nomad life. And then I thought yeah. that that's pretty good to save up money and invest in your first products and then set up the business in, in Bali. It came a little bit different, but at least I'm still in Bali. Yeah. Even when the product is not running as good anymore. But yeah, it's... What was the image of digital nomads to you? Did you, and there's a lot of websites where you can look at them oh, and yeah. you can see the laptop on the beach and I'm in a hammock, yeah. like on the laptop, making millions, selling stuff online and working maybe four hours a week. That's, you know, that's how, how it can be. Right, it can absolutely. be like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But you have to work hard for it. Like even the Amazon business, once you have everything set up, you maybe need like one to two hours to work on it. And then you outsource the rest for custom relationship manager. Right. So if you One to two hours a day. A no, you, maybe a week, yeah, a day. If, if everything is set up, then you just, you don't even need to call your supplier. You just have a sourcing agent and right. it checks your stock. And if, if it's running out at one point, they just order new, send everything new. And that's it. If you've got bad reviews, you have someone who, who's writing to the customers, hey, you're not happy, we give you the money back. And right. at the end, you have every like for everything you have someone so you have a whole team of outsourced people if you have a bigger business yeah right. I, I, I haven't because i just had one product right you've just started i just started yeah so tell us about your business what are you selling i got into like when i worked on the farm i there's not much to do i lived in a little town with 180 people so when you finish work then the australians call it like hitting the cans yeah. So you go into the pub and you drink, but I wasn't into that. So I bought a course, an Amazon FBA course, and after work or during work, when no one was there, I learned everything, watched all the videos, and then I was yeah finding my product. I was the, the product research takes probably the longest mm. because that's the base for everything, and I just didn't know what to choose. And at one point, I needed to pay something, and I grabbed out my wallet that gave me my best friend gave me. It was a slim wallet, and then I thought, I think that's it. I just take a slim wallet. So I found my product, and I found suppliers. Now, you mentioned, Martin, Amazon FBA, which I think most people won't be familiar with, but from your world, it's a well-known concept. What, what is Amazon FBA? Amazon FBA means fulfillment by Amazon. So the idea is that you take a couple of months' time finding a product, managing the, the import, mm finding the right suppliers and then having companies like Amazon um, doing the fulfillment for you. So right. they store the product, they send it out. I had another company that I worked with and was connected with Amazon called EasyBill. So every time a customer orders online, they automatically get an invoice and automatically get the product. Mm. 
and I just open my app in the morning when I wake up and see the sales and gonna be happy. Before you go to the gym? Before I go to the gym or before I go to work and, and I had this point at one point that I woke up and I sold like 12 pieces and that cool. was the beginning and I thought, I did it. Happy days. And then, uh, what's going to be my second product? I'm going to buy a helicopter and the boat. And, <laughs> <laughs> but things yeah, changed a little bit. All right, the reality. Right? Yeah. People be thinking about this and thinking, who ships it? Who deals with returns? Who deals with complaints Amazon. or questions? They do all that? Yeah, not, not all of it, but they, they ship it and they send it back or they send a new one. But if you have customer complaints, then it's usually you. Right, okay, because it's it, more personal. and Yeah, but if you do it good and you have a good product and you spend a lot of time making sure that it's a quality product, then you shouldn't have so many bad reviews. And right. if you have it, then it's a couple of weeks and you just send a new one because every now and then you have like some scratches and they come. Right, you're always going to have something. Like yeah. It's never going to be perfect. Uh, but at one point, you hire a little assistant for a couple of hours, right. taking care of this, and then people talk about virtual assistants as like a, a key part of this. So these are people who they might work in the Philippines, they might work in India, and they can work for you on an hourly basis rather than like work for you as a full-time employee. It's both possible. Oh, you can like, do that as well. Yeah, I have a. For me, it's a little bit more tricky because everything is set up in Germany, so you have to work around it somehow and try to find the points that you can outsource even in a different language. Mm. But I would prefer to work with um, German with okay. little assistance. Okay, cool. But a friend of mine who got a very successful business and we started at the same time and his products just went insane in a What's short he time period. Um, I don't know if I can tell. I think I can give us a clue as to the area. It's it's like protection covers for the car for the babies when you have them sitting and you can put them on the Uh, side of the windows. Yeah, yeah. So it's the kind of products people don't think about that you'd make a lot of money out of. And he was he was selling. He was expecting to sell just maybe like ten to twenty a day, and then he sold over two hundred a day at one point, and then it went to two hundred eighty, and he just yeah was totally overwhelmed with yeah that's a good problem yeah that's a really good problem yeah that's a great problem tell us a bit about your lifestyle in bali why are you doing this what is it actually like being an entrepreneur in the making in bali tell us about your day for example you get up quite early you're going to the gym you sound quite disciplined you're not here for the party life it sounds like no that's that was the plan from the beginning on but then i ended in Simonyak and i, I just mentioned that i met this crazy funny asian guy and we had like a really good time so i had a party in the beginning and skipped all the discipline part of working and going to the gym right in simenyak then i came to ubud and i went three days to gilly air Mm. to get into scuba diving and chilling a little bit and actually today is the first day where i get up early and that's like the schedule for the next weeks now right early person so you're back into the the grind of yeah yeah so you're on the podcast now so that's a good start. Now we have you on record. So there's no it's, partying from yeah. now on. I didn't expect that. I thought I'm going to be the only person in the morning because I think most people work till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning and right. at 9 or 10. And my, my daily routine is going to be the same probably like in Germany, getting up early and then here starting with a meditation maybe to calm down and like getting up your focus. Then starting working for a couple of hours, then go to the gym and then come back on the laptop and just work and try to find a good balance between like yesterday I met a friend and she was at acupuncture and and healers and temples 
and explored and was super um, super excited about all of this so I tried yeah. to add this one in my day too because I think you need a part of the culture and, and on, on Gilead for example I, I met a girl who works in a dive shop as a social media marketing manager and wow she, what a job she did an intern where they it's a six month program and you don't pay anything for it yeah. so you work and because you work for them you get like the the education yeah, the yeah. knowledge training so she did one month training in Bali as a digital for digital social media marketing and digital marketing and then she was sent five months to a dive shop and they also paid for all the diving courses right and now she is dive master instructor and wow. does social media marketing and lives on Gilead pretty that's a pretty awesome life huh? yeah pretty that's the reality life. That was great hearing from Martin, but now we have to head to the southeast of the island to meet three more digital nomads with very different backgrounds. Some of them came for a couple of weeks, some of them stayed for a lifetime. So what are their motivations? What is life actually like? And importantly, how do they have those tough conversations with friends and family who may be asking them, when are you coming home? So what is the lifestyle of the digital nomad like? Is it a phase? Or is it a permanent reality for some people? Well, it seems like all of the above. Let's hear those stories. Now we're heading to the co-working space called Live It down in Sanur. Maybe you can start with the, the name behind Live It, Livinia. Let's start with yourself. Welcome. Thank you. I like to think that we're a big community behind Livid, not just uh, one or two names. So, yeah. um, uh, so very yeah, humble. just a big recognition to everybody who's actually, um, you know, built this together. Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting building. What was it before Livid? What was this? I mean, it's, it's quite spacious and bright and airy. Did it have a history before this or did you build this from the scratch? It, um, it was a factory, a garment factory, actually. Um, so they were producing clothing. It was um, it didn't look anything like what it looks like now. Yeah. Um, so it was it's it's actually quite an unusual building for for Bali because you mostly have like small villas or giant giant buildings like mall type or like huge office type. Um, and we were really happy to to find it. Um, we basically only kept the, the the shell of the building from the original building. Mm. We redid the you know electricity and plumbing and floors and everything and and put all these touches that you see see now. Um, it it used to be just big holes, right? So mm. um, we we kind of partitioned a lot and did like little offices and Skype rooms and rooms for you know meditation and yeah I saw your meditation that's pretty cool yeah and um, yeah so we we had a very sort of um, good idea in mind of what we wanted the place to be like sitting oh. next to you to the right Nick welcome you're a familiar face I've seen yep. you in Singapore yeah yep. we met before yeah so l- l- Let's talk about your genesis here. How did that happen? Because you were here in the early, early days of Live It. So, where, yeah. first of all, where are you from? I'm from Denmark. Right. Yeah, I'm half English and half Danish. Mm-hmm. Um, my story really started when I was introduced to Project Getaway. At the time, I was living in Copenhagen. I was working in a bank. 
And um, I'd always done like affiliate marketing, online marketing, that kind of thing. So I was a little bit weird from my peers back there. Uh, and Project Getaway was this you know, idea of bringing entrepreneurs together in a luxury villa and setting in Bali. And uh, you, know, you might be working on your own thing, but you're in this collaborative you know, right. environment and group of people. And it just blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God. Where did you find out the, about that? Uh, actually, it was a, a co-worker of mine that wow. uh, sent me the link and said, Nick, this is, you know, this is right down your alley. Yeah. So I checked it out and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. So I actually applied, but I never heard from them. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, pause. Yeah, pause. No, so no. then what happened? Um, I basically just thought, you know, I want to be part of that. Right. That, so that uh, sort of that seeded the idea yeah, of absolutely, coming here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you said you want to be part of that, did that mean leaving your job in the bank and coming here? Or was it sort of, I'll just try it out? How did no, it work? no. I was, you know, I was just instantly drawn to it. It was like, this is, I won't go as far as say a calling, but yeah. I just knew. Because you know, I've lived in Southeast Asia before as well, in, in, in Singapore, and I was just ready for it, you know? I, you know. I had a great life back in Copenhagen, job, apartment, car, all that stuff, but it was routine, you know? and I was just like boiling and ready to do something different. Yeah. And this came along, and it was truly right down my alley. So I just said, well, I'll just make a video. You know? And I've done some silly videos before, so I made a, you know, you edit it together, and it was quite funny. It's online somewhere if you really want to go and find it. <laughs> um, and I was fortunate enough, Michael Soy, and uh, being Danish, he was in, in Copenhagen at the time. We met in December. He was starting a new project, and I was in Bali in February. Hmm. Just like that. That's wow. how the whole thing started. That Did was it in, move uh, fast? 2012. Yeah, very, very fast. When you were leaving to Bali, mm -hmm. and you were packed, ready to go, one-way ticket? In my head, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was going through your mind at that point when you were leaving for the airport? Um, were you scared? Were you excited? What sort of emotions? I was super excited. I was like, yeah. you know, who does something like this, right? No right. one really just says goodbye to everything. Well, people do, but in your peer, in your network, you rarely hear about that. I was super excited. <clears throat> I had rented out my apartment. I'd sold my car. I'd taken leave from my job, even though I was leaving I, mean, I knew properly. yeah I was leaving properly <laughs> so I, I was ready to go my bags were packed I was staying at my brother's apartment last couple of days what did your friends think of you because you had a good lifestyle did they say hey Nick like, I'm really glad for you it's amazing you're going and yeah. doing something with your yeah. life or they were like yeah you'll, you'll grow out of this you'll come back or what was the kind of reactions the full, think, I'm sure it's yeah, different right so definitely not. like my close friends my, my inner circle they were all excited for me because yeah. they knew me and they knew that I, I did crazy stuff you know for a long time and in their eyes it was kind of crazy as well but it matched me and my personality so they were all like supportive and, and, mm. and really um, cool about it the only person that was really worried was my mom yeah of course <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. Your she career, was, your like, pension. What are you doing? Right. You, know, you got a good job at the bank. You're going to Bali. You know, have you have you have you two had this conversation with like people that you know, families like looking at like Lavinia, come what are you doing? Like you could like be really successful in banking. You you're originally from where? Romania. Which part of Romania? Um I lived in a bunch of different cities in Romania, right. but let's say eastern Romania. Okay. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, um, I think um, some of them st are still waiting for me to come right. back from my gap year. It's okay. been 11 years. <laughs> it's so. a very long gap year. <laughs> Um, Do they I think, think it's a I phase think, I think you're going through? They're just like with Nick. I think people who really get you and who are really supportive, um, yeah, they they understand this. You know, yeah. they understand that what they want might not be what you want, um, and we're able to be happy for each other even if the things we want are very different. Hmm. You know, um, I think a larger you know proportion of people that maybe just know you are like, you know, when are you coming back and settling down and. Yeah, the settling down that. thing, isn't it? Yeah, and the aunties and uncles. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, it's like this is my life. And I honestly think it is. It's still for a lot of people. It still is a phase. Like mm. you, you very rarely see people digital nomading in the true sense of the word, like moving around a lot and doing work on the go for more than a couple of years. You know, it's been a few years this is happening and you right. don't really, you know, it, it, seem, it sounds like the dream, but it does have its challenges, um, both logistical and it also, you know, it gets really lonely at some point. Mm. You, you, yeah. you, 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 you know, mm. get this longing for actual routines and, you know, groups of friends that you see all the time and people and family and all these things, right? Um, so, I, I, so I think for a lot of people, I, I know people I met here, you know, who decided to go back and settle mm. and, you know, go back to the apartment and the car and the mortgage and the, you know, all those things. Um, and I don't see anything, um, I mean, th th there's nothing that invalidates that in yeah, any way, yeah. you know, it's an amazing experience to have to, to travel the world while, while you're working um, with people from different cultures um, in, in many cases and, um, you know, just... Um, just have this experience that will be part of your identity, even yeah. if you go back to square one. And yeah, my friends also think that it's a phase of right. me traveling, but this is my third winter that I'm skipping because this is my uh, biggest concern to skip winter and live in a tropical world. Right. And um, Could you do that long term? Would that be a long term thing? Would you skip every winter? I would actually. That, right. That's the big dream. But <laughs> I took it... Like, the first time I skipped two months and I went to the Canary Islands in Tenerife. Right. But there, yeah, the, the weather is amazing there, but the community is missing. I think they, they mm. build up a community since I left and they are, they are moving fast. The second winter, I went for five months to travel during Asia. Like, I did Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Bali. And my last stop was in Bali, actually. And this is how I met these people. Mm. And then because the traveling, yeah, it gets a bit difficult and lonely and everything and you long for routine, I said, okay, I will stay in a place for longer and that was Bali mm. and I'm still loving it. It's been eight months and finding a community that actually is super similar to you and understands you and supports you is like a really good thing and here in Live It you actually find all those people yeah. and this is like this is reality and then you figure out there are two realities and the question remains which one do you want to live <laughs> so maybe you can have both actually, is that possible could you do six months in yeah, Europe that's what, six I, that's what I want to do I'm really? going back now for summer to Europe and I, I really want to see how that feels mm. and if it feels fine. I might stay for a while, but I think winter will still be winter, so right. <laughs> I might come back. I mean, when I Google digital nomad as an example, the images I'm going to get are laptop on the beach in a hammock. Is that what it's like? 
Is that the reality? Can we talk about, maybe we can talk about, we'll come to that in a minute, but what, what for example, like when you're just walking around and just experiencing life, you think, yeah, this is why I came. For example, I live in, we live in Singapore. Mm. I live in Singapore. I came there and I just, I'll go to a local hawker center and order a, a local coffee for 70 cents, which is probably like about five billion Indonesian whatevers, right? I don't know how that converts, right? <laughs> but it's very, very cheap anyway. And then it's... 7,000. 7,000. Yeah. 7, 7, you, you're fast, right? So sitting there, just chill, like local people, ignore you, just kind of like, you know, you just feel part of it. Nobody's like, what are you doing here? And stuff like that. I thought, yeah, I'm really enjoying it here. For me, that's like the small things are the the big reason I came here, not like the views or the beaches. How about for you guys? What are the kind of small things that in your daily life that make you really appreciate what you do here that maybe you don't get back home? Home. Home. Where is home? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You didn't get in your previous home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about yourself, Nick? No, I, think, I think that was, that was a great example that, that you came up with, right? And I, what I do know is that when you live in Bali and if you do entrepreneurship or startups, you, you, you can get very drawn into the work and get very consumed by it. And you forget sometimes to enjoy what's, what's around you. Yeah. I've seen that happen before. And it is just really important to stop up once in a while and realize, hey, I'm actually sitting here in Bali. It's nice and warm, beautiful. I'm, I'm happy. And just take it in. I, I, I personally, I love to go to the beach. I just right. sit there. It doesn't have to be with a laptop. It's actually not super convenient. <laughs> right. It's glare. But, um, glare on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, just because... Sand in the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. It's the reality. It yeah. gets super hot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So you go to the beach. How far is it from here to the beach? Um, no, it's just a, a short walk. Right. Here from, from Livet, the Livet Hub. Yeah. Um, from my home, it's another short walk as well. So Living the dream. It's just nice, you know, just to sit there and it, appreciate the sunset or the sunrise, depending yeah. on yeah, where you are at the time. Yeah, the sunset is a big thing yeah, here, it and it's it just is. so, you know, it's it's free and accessible every day, you yeah. know? Like, you don't need anything, especially when you're close to the beach, you know, you, you, you just need to remember to, you know... Or just go to the rooftop here at Livet. You yeah. know, you've got a full view of the sunset with a couple of volcanoes, you know, as well. Not bad. <laughs> so, mm. so like, yeah, it could be worse. Do you actually <laughs> take time out to enjoy that? Because I think, as Nick said, when you're living this lifestyle and you're building businesses, as entrepreneurs, our default is hard work. And we're into it and solving problems. We don't think about, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a volcano over there. I'll just enjoy that for a bit because it's always there. And therefore, you, I'll do that another day. Mm -hmm. Do you actually go out and do anything, explore a bit of the island? or? I mean, how you yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it's, it's been really, really important to do that because um, life in Bali is amazing. Running a business in Bali is not a walk in the park. So there mm. are many things not to like about it. Um, there are many things that are really unpredictable and infuriating, and um, it's it's great. There are great opportunities, but there are also really great obstacles. Um, and if you don't do those things that drew you to Bali in the first place, if you don't form that discipline of... Mm. I, I formed a conscious discipline of still appreciating these things that I liked and that I enjoyed when I came here, because... Otherwise, you take them for granted, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, like small things, like you know, being able to um, to, for example, um, 
a bike round, you know, between my house and here. It's a really nice, quiet, you know, warm um, bike ride. Um, and it seems like a really small thing. But yeah. for me, you know, it's like the last city I lived in in Europe was London. And I was spending two to three hours of my day on the tube. Yeah, you know? I've done that. So The Misery Express at seven in the morning. It's not good. It's it's yeah. It's a very good moniker for it, um, and uh, you know, just these things. You know, it's like, it seems like very simple. It's like okay, you're on your bike every day, going to yeah, work. Like yeah. what? A, you know, like. Um, but to me, it's like I still enjoy it after all this time. You know, and and just as Nick is saying, like running to 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 the beach um, to see the sunset or have a coconut or being on the rooftop and seeing that. You know, and 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 it's like it's all. Yeah, it's simple things when you're here, yeah. but I feel like there are a lot of people who moved here for a certain reason and then forgot it, and now they're kind of a little bit stuck mm. talking only about the things that are not pretty, because mm. there are some, you know, life in paradise is not perfect, um, and forget about, you know, what brought them here. Um, and in terms of work and entrepreneurship and all those things, I think um, it also has to be a discipline. You know, as an entrepreneur, there's... There's no end of your day. There's always mm. 17 freaking more things that you can think of to do, right? When it's been 6 p.m. and you already had four meetings and dealt with 60 emails, right? Mm. And then there's always, if you're passionate about what you do, you're like, oh, I could do this and that and that and that, whatever as well, right? Um, and and you literally have to put a stop to your day, you know, and just say, this is my personal time, Um either start the day with it or end the day with it or both, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yes, I will, you know, I could achieve more if I put 10 more hours over this week in, but I would also end up burned out, which yeah. is a Where shame. Where you started, you know? right? <laughs> it's the reason you came so, here, to avoid that maybe, right? Exactly. So I think, it's all, I think it's all about being intentional mm. about it, you know, because these things don't just happen to you. You have to put intention in it yeah. as well and form habits around it and do the things right yeah i feel for me that really really helped it is pretty similar with what i used to do but it's it is in paradise so whenever i go out or whenever i look on the windows there is a lot of nature and that greenery can be compared to anything and that that's my daily like eye candy like i really love this greenery and Going what can you see from your window at your palm home? trees obviously and I, I love yeah. palm trees and I, I need to have palm trees wherever I work or, and it's it's way easier like I love to work from cafes and it's super nice in Bali you have tons of cafes and everybody's working like this is a really good drive because mm. everybody struggles everybody hustles everybody wants to do more and more and more so at any hour you go anywhere people are working but they are also enjoying life so mm. if you have a discipline or it's it's all about choices like maybe today because you have some friends around you can go and find waterfalls and enjoy the day and put everything offline like but then maybe during a weekend when you are really productive you can do like the work for the whole week or yeah so it's really really about the choices and whatever like i i've been way more productive here because like weather is a thing that you don't worry anymore about like it's it's always the sky is always blue and mm. you, the sun is shining so you have a lot of energy to do whatever you want and people are not complaining as much as they do in eastern europe so. yeah yeah i know i understand i come from the united kingdom so <laughs> it's a part of what we do there's a huge traffic problem here and mm. uh, 
you are on a scooter and you're stuck in traffic. But it's kind of funny. Like you, you see people with two, three dogs on a scooter or yeah. carrying anything around, and you can actually enjoy that. And then a huge water jug on their head, exactly, <laughs> like while driving the scooter with, with the other hand on the back. Yeah, four um, of them. Or you know? So if live goats. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it's been seen. So you just need a little bit of. Like open your eyes yeah. and see and it's actually funny and you can actually enjoy it's like watching TV but you're stuck on a scooter but it's, it's still fine and it's fun like mm. I read the four hour work week I'm in would it work for me? does it work for everybody? are there certain people who work better at this sort of setup doing the digital nomad remote year is there certain personality types is it an age thing? I'm 46. Would it work for me if I've got a family? Or, you know, all these kind of questions. Yeah. It's all right for you youngsters. You know, you can just up and leave. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nick, well, you've called yourself first. No, well, I mean, I mean I get, if we look back in history and we, we see who, who we've met here at Live It, where we are now, and also in, in our old place, you know, we, we've seen everybody, more or less. Right. Like uh, ages, cultures, countries. We've seen a lot of people, um, and it's been a lot of fun. They all have different stories and different viewpoints. And I, I came yeah. in the '90s. I came to Southeast Asia, and I met, and I think it made a big impression upon me. A couple, and they were like Australian couple, and they were like in their late seventies, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were boogie boarding. You know, like the body boards. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. took up this hobby because they were bored in Australia, so they bought these body boards, and then they bought one each like mm -hmm. it was they were a really cute couple and they took these bodyboards and then they said we want to spend a year bodyboarding around southeast yeah. asia just yeah. us two yeah and that's what we want to do yeah. and i i sat there in awe and yeah. i thought i just hope that a when i'm that age i'm doing it with somebody like that but also i have that sort of you know lust for life yeah. left and doing it i thought mm -hmm. wow you don't have to be like an 18 or 19 year old mm -hmm. doing this absolutely not i think this thing um this revolution in the way of working and living i think it is for anybody but it's not for everybody mm. you know it is accessible um i think co-working is another manifestation of this right i go to this kind of summits and conferences where i meet other co-working space operators um, and the niches and the things that they they they're addressing, you know, like it's, you know, for seniors, for moms, for artists, for like all kinds of things, you know. So it is for anybody. There is no restriction. You know, people can travel and they can do the digital nomad thing. Um, I think if you're open-minded and smart, you can pick up a skill that makes you location independent, such as anything from writing and translating to writing code and developing mm -hmm. apps mm. and doing graphic design and doing all these things, you can pick up uh, something like that. And I've met people who did that in their 50s or whatever, you know, that I've met on the road. Uh, so I don't think there's any restriction. Um, but I do think it's not for everybody. And as Nick is saying, we've seen a lot of people coming through. I'm really mm. curious. Have you noticed anything? Do you think differently about things when you go back? to the old world and you're talking to people that maybe you graduated with and they're still doing that thing or talking mm -hmm. about these things. Have you noticed a change? You notice anything tangible? Definitely for me personally and I don't really know if this is a good thing or a bad thing 
but I'm way more laid back now. Like, way more. <laughs> you just live next to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> When I go back home and it's all about, you know, oh, we got to have a plan. We're going to go, go do this thing at, at that place and we need to get these people ready. And I'm just sitting there. Can you just, like, manage it and tell yeah. me, you know, where I need to be at what time? Yeah, This, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, it's been more like allowing me to develop and reveal a part of myself that was always there. Mm -hmm. Like I've always wanted to to have a meaningful career, but also to have a big life outside of it. And I felt like a lot of the European or North American societies would not give you that choice, mm -hmm. right? You would actually have to make a choice. Yeah. You would have to have a great life or a great Work career, right? Balance, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think I feel the same, you know, when I go back, it's, it's allowed me to still achieve a lot of things, but be laid back, you know, disconnect and do these things. You know, mm. when you have these routines of, you know, no matter how crazy a day was, just mm -hmm. end, go to the beach, have a coconut, relax, you know? Yeah. Um, and, have and a it, coconut. And yeah. then it, 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 it helps you Solves bring that to other places as well because yeah. it's a state of mind is not only that coconut, right? Right, yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. I think, so I think that's, um, that's definitely something that happens to a lot of us. You know, when we go back, we realize where there's this frantic, uh, you know, state of mind that we're no longer really part of, you know, of being like, my God, I gotta keep up with the Joneses and I gotta, you know, I have this huge shopping list and I need those like new latest headsets and like whatever. And, you know, car. Like, yeah. and this car, you know, like and it doesn't have like, I don't know, um uh self shading windows or whatever, you know, like stuff like that. And and you're like You're a failure if you don't have that. Well, you, right. you, you definitely don't want to get a car in Bali. That's right. for sure. Yeah. That's the yeah. last thing that you're waiting for. And here's my practical example mm -hmm. what changed me. Like, I'm driving a scooter now. I, right. I would have never believed that I am able to do that and actually enjoy it and the freedom that it gives you and gives you. And I was never, like, I have a driving license, but I hate cars. Mm -hmm. And in my city, yeah. there was something that I didn't need and here you actually need to drive a scooter and it's actually a lot of fun and uh, you can go anywhere and you can make these plans like go to another beach that's way further or yeah, yeah and it, it makes you way more organized I don't know laid back as well but organized, organized. like no. you can no, you can do a lot of trips here and uh, like get to know how to get to another island or mm. take a ferry take a bus take a like yep. you I, i'm always hunting flights and going everywhere because i just can because it's super close and it's it's easy it's manageable mm. like, it, that's also like what, what you said earlier like i'm actually a little surprised by how structured and how routine actually my life has become once again right and that that was what i kind of tried to escape exactly. from back home But like what you said, Gloria, um, you know, any time you can just disconnect. Let's say you, and, and this is also you know one of the perks of being a, a digital nomad or a, or a, you know in business for yourself. That if you need a day and you want to go to one of the islands or two mm. days, you can do it. You know you can still bring your business and do the the more important things. But back home, I couldn't do that. Mm. I was like, you're 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 structured, but you're also kind of locked into the, yeah. the system. Yeah, well, I wonder what know? that is. I mean, it's interesting that maybe we sort of escape the structure which was imposed upon us and we mm -hmm. rediscover that actually as human beings we like structure mm -hmm. we do better with structure but it, we do even better when it's our structure so you've like exactly. escaped the yeah. 
the fact you had to get on the three-hour commute to London, that sort of yeah. sets up your day, doesn't it? And then you've escaped the fact that you have to work six months of the year to pay for a car to drive to work. Mm -hmm. So you've escaped that structure. And now you're sort of yeah. thinking about, well, what actually do I want? All right, um, it's been a real pleasure sharing um, a little bit of your journeys with the listeners. Um, Nick, Lavinia, Gloria, thank you so much. And thank you so much for maybe sowing a dangerous seed in people's heads that this is possible, but I'm sure people listening will be thinking, oh, wow, I can do this. Why not? So thank you, Lavinia, as well, for hosting us here at Live It. And, Most you know, welcome. it's a great starting place for anybody coming to Bali to check it out as a jumping off point, come for two weeks, come for two years, two decades, whatever it may be, just come. So on that note, I think we've had a, a really good conversation. We'll sign out from Live It and we'll say goodbye. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Martin, Nick, Lavinia and Gloria, thank you so much for sharing your stories of location independence, the lifestyle entrepreneurs, the remote year, the digital nomads with us today. That was a real insight into a world that maybe some people aren't familiar with, so maybe some people have heard about it, but hopefully that shed some light on the reality of living the dream. It's not all rainbows and beaches. There's a little bit of a graft in there as well, but that makes the challenge even more enjoyable hopefully you've enjoyed this adventure into the world of the digital nomads my name's graham brown you've been listening to on air asia 